Today on Abounding Grace. In a recent survey, the number one reason people gave for lying is that they fear offending someone. And yet out of the same mouth, they're afraid of telling the truth to offend someone. And yet out of the same mouth are gossip, backbiting, talking down on people, making fun of them. Jot it down in Proverbs chapter 6. In verse 16, it says, These six things the Lord hates. Seven are an abomination. And he says, a proud look, a lying tongue. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. Consider just a few rather famous American fibs. The check is in the mail. Let's have lunch sometime. How about this one? This hurts me more than it hurts you. Well, the fact of the matter is lying is a big problem in the world today, even among Christians. But we'll see what God thinks of it through today's study in John chapter 19. Today on Abounding Grace, you'll hear about some guys that are flat out lying, but we'll also look in the mirror. Perhaps we're guilty of the same thing. Here's Pastor Ed Taylor. John chapter 19, we're going to pick up where we left off last time in verse 12. As prophecy, the predictions of God are being fulfilled. And the, the greatest prediction of God being fulfilled before our eyes today is the horrific tragedy and the traumatic event of the torturous murder of Jesus Christ, an innocent man. And we see it played out here. Pick up with me in verse 12. If you weren't with us uh, in previous Bible studies, all these studies are on our app and on our website. And we've, we're in study number 96 of John's Gospel. So I don't expect you to catch up on all of them, but it's good to go back a few studies, catch up where we've been, because uh, we've studied each of the verses in all of the entirety of the Bible. And we left off in verse 11, uh, and let's pick up in verse 12. From then on, Pilate sought to release him, speaking of Jesus, but the Jews cried out saying, if you let this man go, you are not Caesar's friend. Whoever makes himself a king speaks against Caesar. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus out and sat down in the judgment seat in a place that is called the pavement, but in Hebrew it's called Gabbatha. Now verse 14, it was the preparation day of the Passover, about the sixth hour. And he said to the Jews, behold your king. But they cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? And the chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. You like to write in your Bible somewhere in the margin here? Write the word hypocrites. What hypocrites? What hypocrisy we see here. Unless we point the finger at them, we need to be very careful of hypocrisy in our lives. Because these guys are flat out lying. They're not telling the truth. They're not living in reality and authenticity. They're manipulating a weak, spineless leader 
to accomplish their own purposes. Let's just put it, you know, we read through the Bible, and we may just read through and kind of make, make sure that the Bible is really sterile and clean. Let's just talk about what's happening here. We've got a group of religious leaders, which the equivalent today would be pastors, those that have been entrusted with speaking forth God's word and loving people and reaching the lost, people that you should trust, people that you should look to for spiritual help. That, that's who's here right now, the spiritual leaders of the day, the ones that have been entrusted the scrolls, the Torah, the Old Testament, the ones that have been entrusted with service and ministry, the ones that you would want to rely on, the ones that you would look to, look to, the ones that you would listen to as they were teaching. These very people are manipulating the Roman government, leaders in the Roman government, manipulating through lies and deceit to murder a man who's completely innocent, who has offended them, who's upset with them. He's upset. He's upset them because they had a good business going, taking advantage of people. They have no heart that's connected to God at all. They have the appearance, as it's described in the Bible, they have an appearance of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. So when Jesus comes on the scene, God in human flesh, you know, when you think of how much God loves us, he came to us, God did. Every religion, every religion in life requires you to work hard to get to God. But true relationship with the one and right, one and true God, God comes to you. And Jesus came and what did he do? He loved, he cared, he served. He, he was accused of all kinds of horrible things. He, he was accused of being a person that hung out with sinners. You know why? Because he did. He was accused of being a wine-bibber. Why? Because he was hanging out with people that were doing that. He was looked down upon for reaching out to the very people that the religious rulers gave up on, that those that were in religious power had turned their back on the hurting and on the poor and on the confused and on those that needed God the most. That's what's happening here. It would be a startling thing to read a headline of, pastor after pastor doing something stupid, but yet that's, we do see that from time to time. And, and this is the worst of the worst. They're killing Jesus. They're murdering Jesus through the Roman government, and they're lying through their teeth. It doesn't take long to see that. A little bit of a search of history would tell you that the Jews of the day hated the Roman government. They hated the oppression of the Roman government. They hated the taxation of the Roman government. They hated the leaders. They hated Caesar because Caesar required them to be idolaters. And they would be required, if they wanted to be in good standing with, the, with Rome, to take a pinch of incense and bow down to an image of Caesar and pledge loyalty to that king. And yet here they are telling Pilate, we have no king but Caesar. And next to that, you can write next to it, liars. Because they did not seek Caesar as king. And they're lying. They're pulling out all the stops to influence the Roman government to murder Jesus. They've already made complaints about Pilate. Pilate's, his position in leadership is very tenuous because the next big uprising that he faces, they'll yank him out of his position of leadership. So here you got two people dealing with power struggles, and they're both hypocrites. 
And lest we point the finger, what is one of the major complaints of the church of Jesus Christ today? It's filled with a bunch of hypocrites. I hear that all the time when I'm sharing with people. I hear it all the time. And in some cases, I have to say, you're right. I have been a hypocrite. I have lied. We all have, quite frankly. It's not just me. Lying is a big problem among Christians today. Saying one thing, that's what hypocrisy is. You know, from the original language, hypocrisy literally means being two-faced. Or you're one thing to one group and you're another thing to someone else. The world, you know, if you're in the world, they, they kind of describe that as talking out of both sides of your mouth. And lying is among us as a church. And I don't just mean our little church, but I mean the church. Lying is a problem. It's a sin. Lying is a devastating sin. It does great damage. It doesn't get much attention today because it's come into this category of acceptable sins. It's not so readily seen. You know, some sins, they could see them right out the door. You could see them right, but lying, you know, it's one of those things that we can do and we can shade the truth a little bit and we can manipulate and it may not be as bold as these guys, but lying is a problem in the church, in our church. It touches all of us. A few years ago, a book came out. It was entitled, The Day America Told the Truth. And there's some amazing statistics in it. Here's a quote. Americans lie. They lie more than we ever thought possible before this study. But they told us the truth about how much they lie. End quote. I thought that was funny because what if they lied about their lies, about their lies? How can you say that? But the statistics bear, the, the statistics bear that our, our culture is a lying culture, not willing to tell the truth. They told us just about everyone lies. 91% of us in America lie on a regular basis. The majority of us find it hard to go through the week without lying. And one in five cannot make it through a single day without lying. And we're talking about conscious, premeditated lies. When we refrain from lying, it is less often because we think it's wrong, only 45%. But it's a variety of other reasons why we choose not to lie. Fear of getting caught. It says, the study said we lied to just about everyone, but the better we know someone, the better we know someone, the more likely we are to tell them a serious lie. Serious lie. You know, I really hate it when Marie calls me on this, because she does. I'll be watching the news, and, and I'll see something, and then I'll... Marie's over there cooking, so there's a little bit of noise. She can't hear the news. And I'll say something back to her. I'll, I'll tell her something, kind of a modified version of the news story. And she'll say, is that true? And I'll say, no, I was just joking. And she says, stop lying to me. And I'll say, why don't you just keep cooking? No, I don't do that. I don't do that. She's got a frying pan in her hand. We don't do that. But what I call joking, God calls lying. And she's right. And that's why I hate it. Because she's telling me the truth in love. Now, me and Marie, we go back, way back, 30 plus years. She knows. And she's not afraid to tell the truth in love, is what the Bible would call us to do. Lying is among us, church. God will not allow lying to go unpunished. Deceit divides the best of friends. Lying erodes trust. Deception destroys lives. 
And if there's anyone that should be known as being truthful and full of truth, it should be those that name the name of Jesus Christ. If there's anyone on the planet earth that should be known as faithful and full of faith, it should be those that name the name of Jesus Christ. And instead, we have a bad reputation. Sometimes it's warranted and sometimes it's not. If you've ever faced a a hypocritical Christian or a, a Christian that's lying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But if you did, you faced a real person. Because Christians aren't perfect. We don't immediately become perfect. Uh, the minute that we're saved, uh, the, the, the things that we struggle with in the past, a lot of times you carry them with you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry that a believer or a follower, someone that named the name of Christ, got in between you and the real Jesus who never lies and always tells the truth. Let me show you this in your Bibles. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. This is an important point that I don't want us to lose as we picture in our minds Jesus hanging from the cross. It was to the church, believers in Jesus Christ here in the city of Ephesus, in a book that we know as Ephesians, that that Paul writes, inspired by the Holy Spirit, in verse 25 of chapter 4, he writes, Therefore, putting away, what does your Bible say? Lying. Lying. Church, put away your lying. That's what he says. He says that to the church in Ephesus, and he says that to us here today. Put away lying. Stop it. Each one speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. We're supposed to put away lying. We're supposed to stop. You know, sometimes people repeat the same lie over and over again to so many people that they actually deceive themselves into thinking their lies are really the truth. We lie in a lot of different ways. Of course, the most obvious is that we lie to other people and don't tell them the truth. You know, we might call that a white lie or we might call it a joke or we may not give the full, you know, we might withhold information. It's all lies. It's all lies. But there's a greater lie that happens far more. There's a greater lie. And that is when you lie to yourself. The Bible calls that self-deception. When you and I lie to ourselves. When we lie to ourselves about sin. Remember, remember we were first introduced to lies way back in the Old Testament in the book of Genesis in the Garden of Eden with a literal Adam and a literal Eve. The Bible describes the serpent coming, devil, and the serpent coming to them and lying to them. They believed the lie which led to their disobedience of God. Imagine that. Before, before believing the lie, before deceiving themselves and believing the lie, they enjoyed God. They enjoyed the garden. They enjoyed everything about God. But when they believed the lie and disobeyed, the Bible says, the first the Bible describes them as walking with God in the cool of the garden. That's a fancy way of saying they enjoyed God. They enjoyed Him. They enjoyed being with him and talking with him and they enjoyed everything about him. And after, after they disobeyed God and sin entered in, it describes Adam and Eve as literally running away and trying to hide from God. They had this instant revelation of their nakedness because they'd been exposed for their sin. And they take the fig leaves and they try to cover their private parts and they run away and hide from God. But you learn that you can't run away from God. You can run and you can run and you can run, but you won't run away from God. He will passionately and lovingly pursue you. 
And that's what he did with Adam and Eve. Remember it says, he, he calls out and he says, where are you? That wasn't a question for God. Not they hid really good behind a rock and he couldn't find them. That wasn't it. The question was for them. As I'm asking you the question today, where are you? Who defines your life? Where do you find satisfaction? How have your sins been forgiven? So you're in Ephesians chapter 4. This is what he says. Therefore, this is verse 25, therefore putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. It bears repeating, doesn't it? Speak truth. You aren't and I'm not to be known as one that lies. But it happens too much, just flat out lies. Small lies, big lies, white lies, purple lies, exaggerations, passive aggressive deception, gossip, slander, it's all lies. This is such an important thing for us that God put it in the top 10. The top 10 things, if you reduced behavior down to 10 things in the old covenant, number nine on the list is you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor or don't lie. <laughs> That's it, don't lie. Don't lie. In a recent survey, the number one reason people gave for lying is that they fear offending someone. And yet out of the same mouth, they're afraid of telling the truth to offend someone, and yet out of the same mouth are gossip, backbiting, talking down on people, making fun of them. Jot it down in Proverbs chapter 6, in verse 16 it says, These six things the Lord hates. And seven are an abomination. And he says, A proud look, a lying tongue. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 19. The truthful lip shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but counselors of peace have joy. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal truthfully are his delight. John chapter 8, verse 43. Jesus is speaking and teaching us, and he says, Why don't you understand my speech? Because you're not able to listen to my word. You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. Imagine that, church. When we lie, we're just like the devil. Just like the devil. How's that for an encouraging word on a Sunday morning? But it is, isn't it? Because I'm speaking the truth in love. It's the truth. You and I, we need to go to the Lord. We need to come in prayer and present to him our lips. Present to him our thoughts. Because not only are you following along with the devil, and not only am I following along, but also with the people that crucified. This is how Jesus got to the cross. Of course, God is using it. But in the human realm, they're lying, manipulating, and taking advantage of Pilate's lack of a backbone. Now, some of you might be a little upset right now. You're like, wait a minute, Ed. You're drawing a line too close, man. I mean, I mean, seriously, when I lie, it doesn't hurt anybody. And there you would be wrong. Because I can give you a whole list of people that are hurt when you lie. Number one, when you lie, you hurt yourself. You hurt yourself. 
Because eventually you're going to be found out. If you're not found out right now, you're going to hurt, you're, you hurt yourself. You hurt your reputation. You, you, hurt, you erode a relationship. Now, now a person doesn't trust you anymore. You hurt yourself. Number two, you hurt the person you lied to. Because now they thought one thing about you and they trusted you and they relied upon you and now you've been found out to be a fraud and now you've gone to having to deal, they're having to deal with all those emotions and feelings. Why? Because you wouldn't tell the truth. Thirdly, you hurt God. It's a sin. Every sin is a sin against God, first and foremost. Every one of them. And what happens is, is that's a further hurt, that's a further pain you bring into your life because when you sin against God, you separate yourself. You separate yourself. You know what happens to Christians that separate themselves? They just become very religious people. And what I mean by that is that there's no heart to your, to your relationship with God. You're just religious. Sometimes we call them churchgoers or, you know, you're, you're like this is, you're just kind of feeling like you're doing your duty instead of enjoying the garden. God wants you to enjoy. You know, fourthly, when you lie, you hurt the body of Christ. Because the Bible says in Ephesians, we're all members of one another. So when you lie, you bring a bad rap on our church, not just our church, but the church. You bring a bad rap on the Jesus who died for your sins and has never, God has never spoken a lie, ever. And then lastly, when you lie, you hurt your community because the very fabric of a relationship in our communities is trust. It's trust. We're members of one another, connected. Friends, you might want to jot this down. Friends, tell the truth. Enemies lie to one another. Chew on that one today, this afternoon. It's like, man, friends tell the truth. Friends tell the truth. And enemies lie to each other. Well, we've been in the Gospel of John today on Abounding Grace. Pastor Ed Taylor is leading us verse by verse through the book. To hear today's study again, just visit our website, AboundingGraceRadio.com. There you'll find our podcast, Pastor Ed's blog, a place to contact us and even donate to the ministry as the Lord leads. Again, that's AboundingGraceRadio.com. Another way to grow on the go is to download our free app, Do a search for Ed Taylor and listen to Pastor Ed when it's most convenient. Pastor Ed, some may be wondering, is it ever okay to lie? They might be thinking about Rahab who lied when asked if spies were in her house. What are your thoughts on that? Well, let me just say, Larry, anyone wondering, is it ever okay to lie? The answer is no. The wages of sin is always death. And, and just keep your eyes on the Lord, not looking for ways where it's ever okay, just replace the word lie, ever okay to sin. It's never okay to sin. Sin placed Jesus Christ on the cross, an innocent man, fully man and fully God, dying for your sin and mine. And the wages will always be death from sin. I understand kind of factoring in what happened with Rahab, factoring in what might have happened with the midwives. But listen, don't choose the route of sin. Do the right thing. Obey God. Walk in His strength. Walk in the light as He is in the light. And you have fellowship together and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Keep your eyes on the Lord and know that He is with you. Hey, thanks, Pastor Ed. 
And this month, we've picked out a book we think you'll enjoy. It would even make a great gift or a stocking stuffer. It's The Case for Christmas by Lee Strobel. Sort of like a journalist, Lee Strobel investigates the identity of the child in the manger, focusing on the hows and whys of Christmas. It'll serve to reaffirm your faith and help seekers pursue solid answers about the first coming of Christ. We'll send it your way when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more. Please remember this radio ministry is made possible through the generous support of listeners like you. And we'd appreciate it if you'd remember us in your year-end giving to the Lord. To request The Case for Christmas, please call toll-free 877-30-GRACE or visit us online at calvaryco.store. Again, that's calvaryco.store. Ed Taylor is the pastor at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, and we invite you to join us for a service during the Christmas season. There's a Saturday evening service at 6 and two Sunday morning services at 8.45 and 10.45. You can join us Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. as well. If you're outside the area or can't make it out, you can live stream at calvaryco.church. Glad you've taken time out for our study in the Gospel of John. We'll pick up where we left off next time we get together on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.